live and re-recorded. This is the Red Ticket Blues Podcast. My name is Brian Buckley. How the hell are you? I'm sure you're doing better than Brandon Bostic. Whoa! Hot take, hot take. And this is being recorded on January 19th to be released to the internets on January 20th. How's everyone doing? I'm doing okay. I can't complain. Uh, here we are, another podcast, getting closer to the desolation of the month of February in the sports world. Jeez, Brian, you know, you talk about every podcast. You must really hate it. No, I really do. I just, I foresee the future and it's a, it's a desperate time for everyone. But we're going to go over everything in the world of sports today. There was the NFL last week, last week, yesterday, and it's about 110 minutes of boring football to watch. 115 minutes of boring football, I'd say, honestly, between both games. We know who's in the Super Bowl now. Uh, we'll go through a little uh, college basketball. We'll go through, see who's on top of the ranks, where everyone's going, where UConn, the University of Connecticut, is going, and it is nowhere very quickly. We'll get into that. We'll also get into a little baseball. I wanted to talk about an acquisition by the New York Yankees this past week or so. And I'll also talk about an event happening. There is an event happening uh, on the 25th of January, the island of Manhattan in New York. And I will announce if I will be attending this event now. So gather the family around. I can, I can hear everyone getting closer to their microphone, turning the volume up. I get it. I get it. I'm a huge deal. But you got to wait. It's an old radio trick. I've been doing this a few weeks, so well aware of how this is done so get everyone together be sitting in front of the uh large refrigerator size radio if you still have one nice fireside chat like i'm fdr we'll take care of it but we start with the nfl and we'll we'll start with actually real quick before we get very little analysis here college football championship watched most of the game first one success uh ohio state obviously wins it cardell jones Three career starts. He's decided he's coming back to school. There's so much irony there. You would need a machete to slice it. Mr. I'd rather play football. Well, obviously, they'd all rather play football, but going to class is pointless. Uh, so, calls his own press conference. Then, is, then uh, is confused why everyone's there. Classic moment. But the NFL, this Seattle-Green Bay game, Seattle stunk. They were not good, obviously. Uh, down 19-7 to in the fourth quarter. And... You start to think Green Bay is going to just pull it away, put, 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 put the whole thing away. They're taking care of business. They even get that interception. The interception, obviously, a Monday morning quarterbacking it, but I even said it to my wife when we were watching. Why did he slide? Why did that safety slide there? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it was smart, but it was way too conservative, way too conservative. You got yards in front of you to take care of business, and he didn't do it. And I did say that. I swear to God. Give me a Bible. Quran. Whatever holy book you want, I will attest to what I said. Uh, and then once they get the ball back, some real questionable clock management. I, I understand you, you want to kill the clock, but these plays to Eddie Lacy where he's going nowhere. He's just getting bogged up for my, minus four, getting crushed over and over again. Not a pass. I get it. You want the clock to move, but you, way too much time. I did not understand it. Russell Wilson was 14 for 29. For 209 with four interceptions. Aaron Rodgers with 19 for 34, 178 yards, two interceptions. Think about that for a second. If you watch that game, Aaron Rodgers had less passing yards than Russell Wilson. 
Russell Wilson at one point, I think, in the fourth quarter had 62 passing yards. And for for you degenerates out there, I had him in FanDuel. He was negative most of the game. And he ended up with more points. I don't know about FanDuel points, but it's a story for another day. We'll break that down in a real degenerate podcast. People betting on the weather, what pitch is going to be thrown. You want that, we'll, we'll do it. But to have less passing yards than Russell Wilson, that that's insane. Marshawn Lynch, 157 yards, one TD. And, and let me tell you something about Marshawn Lynch. I, I, I don't know when becoming a complete horse's ass was something to admire. This guy is one of the biggest jerks. And everyone thinks it's hysterical. Everyone thinks it's a real cool thing. You know, to not talk to the media. I get it. The media can be very annoying. They can be deceptive. They can ruin people if they choose to. He's just so damn cool. So damn chill that he doesn't have to talk to him. He'll get fined at the Super Bowl for not talking to the media. Is that? Is that I, don't, I don't get that. And to almost be ejected or not even allowed to play for wearing gold cleats. He's a guy who clearly gives no shits. None at all. Uh... And then this this new trend of what he's been doing, the grabbing of the crotch, and, and everyone thinks it's it's. I, I don't know where people's heads are at where they think that that is something to admire, to to think that that's a really cool thing. This guy's a jerk. And right before they came back, Fox showed a shot of him just dancing on the sidelines because he's a good team guy. He's a good team guy. But taking all that away, that guy's a beast. He is a beast. One fifty seven. That TD. We basically ran through million holes. I don't even know if anyone touched him on that TD in the late in the fourth quarter, but he he's he's such a violent runner that he changes that whole dynamic. You got a quarterback that that is part of a system. He's not an amazing quarterback in Russell Wilson, but to have a guy like Lynch who who seems to take play, I don't want to say he takes plays off. He is a jerk. Like I've already established that. But there's just some runs from him that he seems to have an extra gear that he goes into and I he makes that team very very lethal. A lot of those uh, plays going down the stretch with Green Bay with the ball there in the fourth quarter, trying to get more first downs, trying to get more yardage. If a healthy Aaron Rodgers was there, I mean, he some of those you could see he was struggling to get five yards and get out of bounds. Well, he wouldn't want to get out of bounds, but, well, I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, he those normally he'd be gallivanting, galloping, I should say, for about 20 yards on those plays, so... That was definitely a disadvantage for Green Bay. Now, obviously, there's the big, the big onside, onside kick that bounced off Brandon, Brandon Bostic's hands and face to give the they gave the Seahawks another shot at even being contenders in this game. And you know, we go to the the, the overtime and. Russell Wilson all of a sudden becomes a different quarterback. No longer is Tim Tebow the only man in NFL overtime history to score on the first possession. Oh, Tim, we had so much. Now we have so little. Um, to Jermaine, the pass to Jermaine Curse, his only reception of the game. And how about that 12th man? Did they mention him? The the, the, the team, you know, the crowd, the, the name the 12th man? Did, did, did Fox mention them? Or any publications throughout the week mention them? Did they mention the guys outside who had left early and like Miami Heat fans watching through a glass glass window? Boy, that's dedication right there. I hope we do more exposés before them. I hope they have a story on them every day for the next two weeks until the Super Bowl. 
And Richard Sherman hurt his elbow. I don't know if they showed that on camera. Uh, I'm not a Sherman fan. I give him credit for playing through pain, especially in a situation like that. I mean, you you got to do that if, if, unless your arm is dangling. You got to play. But jeez, oh my God, you would you would have thought that he was the main player in the game with how much that camera is on him. But you open your mouth a lot and you say stupid things. They're gonna put you on camera. That's just sort of the way it is. So. <sighs> drinking my coffee that's how it goes and and back to Marshawn Lynch for one second if you notice this week Russell Wilson Russell Wilson Russell Wilson Russell Westbrook the guard for the Oklahoma City Thunder I don't know if he was pissed at reporters by completely re, uh, repeating the same answer to question saying we executed this we executed that I don't know if he had an issue with them or was he just trying to be like Marshawn Lynch you know the typical athlete who cannot be bothered by the media again I can understand how the media will just ruin you but I mean it's their job they wait all game and you just act like a horse's ass to do stupid stuff like that my god is it that difficult is it that difficult out of your... You get millions of dollars to play a game and you can't answer questions. Ugh. Anyways. So obviously Seattle moves on. Um, Green Bay shocked. Even Aaron Rodgers after the game said, Wow, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. Uh, paraphrasing. My rest of my career. But Seattle moves on in improbable fashion. And they will face the New England Patriots as they... This, this game against Indianapolis was never, never, it was disgusting. Which, oh, by the way, you know, if we go back to that first game, if you listen to the Red Ticket Blues podcast, this is your first time, well, congratulations. I predicted Green Bay will cover the spread. They did. So that would be 7-2 and two in the NFL playoffs against the spread, just in case you were wondering, overall, if you could hear me over all the money you're throwing in the air and laughing. So, New England versus Indianapolis, Brady 25 for 35, 226, three touchdowns in this game. It was a laugher. Uh, it, at no point was ever close. New England started early and often. LeGarrette Blunt was a man possessed, and I don't know what it is. I had a feeling he was going to, uh, you knew that they were going to be pushing the running game because Mr. Jonas Gray took care of business against the Colts earlier in the regular season, and Boy, you talk about a fall from grace with Jonas Gray. Boy, he, he missed, what, one practice after score, after running for 199 yards against the Colts? Or he was late to practice, and and he's never heard from again. You'd have to put an APB out for him. But 45-7 to seven there, uh, they just took care of business. It was never close. The Indianapolis scored a touchdown in the second quarter. That was their only scoring. Andrew Luck, the golden boy, was 12 for 33, 126 yards. I give him credit after the game. He did the typical speech. He did not blame anyone. He blamed himself. And Andrew Luck is going to win several championships in this league. But obviously, I use the word obviously a lot, don't I? i got to cut down on that. In fact, he uh, it's not going to be this year. Dan Heron, they thought that their offense, it, when it started raining, you, you figured this was going to be a running game. Dan Heron, 51 yards, pathetic. 20, 209 total yards for the offense. Uh, 209 total offensive yards for the Indianapolis Colts. Ugh, you're not going to beat the Patriots that way. No receiver on the Colts had more than 36 yards in receiving. That that that's You're not going to win that way. LeGarrette Blount, 148 yards, three touchdowns. Nate Soldier with the first reception as a big refrigerator running into the end zone, catching that. His first career reception is, is a touchdown. And 
I don't know about you, but I think the Pats are getting a little too cute with this ineligible receiver stuff. Uh, they're really laying it on thick. And, I mean, yesterday, even with the game in hand, they're still doing it. I also think it's working in several situations. Why are they showing so much when they're going to be playing the Seattle Seahawks in the Super Bowl in two weeks? I, I don't understand that. You think if so you had something that was really working, you'd want to keep that under wraps and not let the competitors see it, but Bill Belichick invented the game of football. Not me. He invented it, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. But, and now also the accusations of the Patriots deflating the ball. It should be 12.5 to 13.5 pounds of air in a football. But I, I really don't understand this. The, the, the referees check the balls before the game. I don't know if they're being accused of deflating the balls during the game, I don't know what competitive advantage they get from deflating the balls. If both teams are dealing with the balls with deflated air, that is something that is way beyond me. But I will love to criticize when it all comes out. I really feel that there's no story here. And I think it it was well, it was first reported by an Indianapolis uh, newspaper writer. But and the NFL has confirmed that there is an investigation. I think it's a lot to do about nothing. It is... I, I don't know what to say. It's just stupid. Obviously, they have cheating accusations in the past, but deflated balls, I guess that's a new one. I'm, I'm not aware of that. But So there you have it. You have the Seattle Seahawks versus the New England Patriots, and I believe it opened as a pick em. I was in Boston this week, and no, I didn't go to the game. Calm down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um a lot of their radio stations were saying that the Pats were favored one. That's the only place I've heard that. So it is a pick em right now. I don't know. I got a feeling the, the Patriots are going to take this. But we'll, we'll get into more of that. We got another week. We can maybe break down the Pro Bowl today or not. No, that, that's not going to happen. So shut up. Uh, so the Super Bowl coming up soon. Well, again, we'll get into that. Uh, just want to touch on baseball for a second. Um, I'm a Yankee fan. I don't know how they're going to be this year. I don't know how any of the teams in this area are going to be, the Yankees, Mets, or Red Sox. I think all of them have potential to be okay. The Red Sox have added the offense in, in Pablo Sandoval and Hanley Ramirez, but they really haven't done much with their pitching. I don't. They sort of stopped after that. I, I don't know what their, their identity is. they got a lot of missing pieces. The Mets, a lot of it, it revolves around that pitching. And pitching's, pitching's an issue because you never know who's going to get injured and how many people are going to get injured. So that starting five that they have could be great. They're still missing offense. They're still they're not a minor league team, but their offense is, is quite suspect. But the Yankees made a move recently, re-signing a player by the name of Stephen Drew. Stephen Drew is an excellent fielder, excellent fielder, brother of J.D. Drew. And he was traded to the Yankees last year, uh, midseason by the Red Sox, I believe for Brendan Ryan. So it was like, it was almost like me and my neighbor exchanging garbage cans full of garbage and saying, here, here, oh, thank you. Well, thank you for this useless garbage. Thank you. Uh, Stephen Drew bad 162 last year. 162. He batted 253 the year before that. But let's talk about last year. Yeah, yeah, he was hurt. Yeah, yeah. Brian, but haven't you listened to the sabermetricians? It's not about batting average anymore. It's about OPS. 
on-base plus slugging percentage. Oh, oh, his on-base plus, uh, his, his OPS, 536. So if through my powers of deductive reasoning, that's not good. And just to confirm that, Bill James, the 96 Families of Hitters author, has a grading system for the OPS. 0.5666 and lower is, quote, atrocious, end quote. That's atrocious. Even Mike would say that. Uh, I don't know what spell Stephen Drew has cast over baseball. Because the Yankees weren't the only ones wanting to invest in this guy. Again, a wizard on defense. He stinks. He is not a major league baseball player when it comes to having the bat in his hand. I, I don't know what he, if he has dirt on people. I don't know what he has done to GMs and teams to make him present himself as some sort of valuable asset to a baseball team, but he continues to get it done. And then, and then I hear people say, well... You know, He's $5 million deal. It wasn't that big of a deal. That's what going rates for shortstops are. Oh, going rates for shortstops, batting 162. Oh. How many shortstops last year, starting store shops, batted 162? I don't, I don't know all their names. If there are any, there probably aren't. But I'm not going to look them up now. Red Ticket Blues. I'm, I, I will put money that no one batted that low. Well, Brian, he only played 85 games. I don't care. He still stunk. So... We'll see how the Yankees do with that. There's a lot of question marks there. They could have a wonderful pitching staff or a injury-riddled pissing. It could be a pissing staff. That's for damn sure. Pitching staff. So we'll only have to see that once... uh, We'll see that once it starts getting a little warmer and baseball dominates. Uh, Quick note in college basketball. The... Kentucky Wildcats seem to have weathered their storm. They're now blowing people out again. They are one of two undefeated teams left in the country, Virginia being the other one. Duke is, well, they did beat uh, Louisville quite handily the other day, getting blown out at home by Miami to to complete that two-game losing streak. Uh, maybe I and everyone else sort of overestimated the Blue Devils. I thought that was a not a well-oiled machine like the Wildcats are, but they were just a notch below. I don't know. The guy, Coach K is obviously a legend. He'll figure something out. Uh, the Big Ten looks like garbage. Pac-10, Arizona is supposed to be a title contender. They don't look that good. Utah is the big, big team in that division. SEC, obviously Kentucky, Big East. Villanova is the cream of the crop. You got other teams that are look interesting there. But I don't know. St. John's has sort of fallen off. And then we get to the UConn Huskies in their abysmal division that they are in, the American Athletic Conference. Terrible name for a terrible team. Terrible name for a terrible division, which hosts the UConn Huskies, a terrible team. I said last week they had two big road games. Two big road games that they needed to make a statement in. And they made a statement that they aren't good. That was their statement. First game against Tulsa on Thursday night... It was like they wanted to lose the game. Tulsa continued to allow them to get back into the game, get back into the game. I'm watching there in the second half. UConn actually gets it down to five points. Five points. When they were down by 19 or so before. Five points. And what do they do? No defense whatsoever. Complete Ole defense. uh, Roger Dorn style. Complete just letting people go all the way to the hoop. All the way to the hoop. Amita Brima. Dude, you're seven feet tall. You might want to put your hand up when someone's coming to the basket instead of just standing there. That's That was his contention. 
at, at the basket, just standing there. Unbelievable. Daniel Hamilton, breakaway dunk, travel. I mean, it's like they missed so many free throws. Ryan Boatwright is the leader of that team. Ryan Boatwright, and I knew it from the beginning, he is still a wild child. Guy's an amazing player. He will be drafted. Don't think he's really going to do much in the NBA or if, or if he even makes a team. He still makes stupid decisions. He's no Shabazz Napier. And I'll tell you about Shabazz Napier. Great player last year. He took the Huskies on his back, obviously, to win the championship last year. But if you watch Shabazz Napier all the time last year, he made a lot of shots. He made a lot of bad shots. That's why he, he got all the acclaim last year, because he made those shots. But he was a bad decision maker, too, which is maybe part of the reason he's in the D-League right now. But that might have to just be, obviously, can be accustomed to the NBA, too. So let me back off of Shabazz Napier. He didn't do anything wrong last week. And so they go down to Tulsa. They go down to Tulsa and then go down against Tulsa. Everyone follow? And then they play Stanford last on Saturday. I did not see a lot of the Stanford game. I saw probably the last 10 minutes, and it was, again, I know, just difficult to watch. Uh, they, 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 I, I, I mean, they're not good, but their effort is not there. And Kevin Ali, I, some of his coaching in that Tulsa game, they're down five with under a minute left. Don't fall. Hey, would, did you win the championship last year? That, that That's what you do? <sighs> I don't know what to say about that. Uh, moving from the college to the NBA, so this will be quick, looking at the local teams. Celtics, Knicks, Nets. Do I need to say any more there? I mean, the Knicks are... They want to be the worst team ever. If they do, they're doing a great job. They can, They're on their way. Just... I love the post this week. Euro trash. Knicks stink it up on two continents. Perfect. And I, the NBA, I, I, I don't know what else to say there. Uh, I haven't really been following it that much. I have seen that the Cavaliers have not been who they are expected to be. And Mr. James, he still has his great games, but they're few and far in between. I notice he has a lot shorter, er, a lot shorter this year. Yes, he's, he's shrinking. He's a lot smaller this year. I'm not making accusations, although I do think that human growth, growth hormone was rampant in the NBA. That is just a conspiracy theory of mine, and there have been stricter rules on all of that this year, and I have noticed that some guys are much smaller. Not something you hear a lot on the news. Uh, it's not something you hear a lot about football either. I think it's just it's uh, Magnified with baseball because we are so numbers driven and those numbers mean something in baseball instead of whoever, you know, Kareem Abdul Jabbar's points. Who, who knows how many? I know he's number one. Who knows how many points he had? We all knew Henry Aaron at 755. We all knew Babe Ruth at 714. Joe DiMaggio 56. You get the point. So that's just my thoughts there. But the uh, Warriors look good. The Hawks are on fire. Boy, I'd, I didn't see that coming, but. It's a long season in the NBA. Long, boring, pass it back and forth league. That's analysis right there. At Brian Buck 13 if you want more of that. And finally tonight, we just wanted to talk. I don't even, you know, I, I put notes for everything. Just little, little notes for me to go over on each subject. I don't even need any notes on this subject. Finally, there is a sort of convention, January 25th. From 12 to 6 at the, geez, I forget the actual location. It was originally at Saloon, but I think because of by popular demand that it has been moved. Um, 
It is a celebration. A celebration of a man. Or is it the 24th? Am I keep saying the 25th? I think it is the 24th. I am an idiot, but I feel so embarrassed not knowing the name of this place. Union. Okay, this isn't a... Here, just bear with me for a second here, all right? Okay, bear with me, bear with me. The, uh... Jeez, get back to this, Brian. Yeah, you didn't need the notes, right? My ass. So, this is all a celebration for Mike Francesa. I briefly spoke about him last week. He is the host of the Mike's On program for WFAN Sports Talk in New York City. There is a celebration for him called Francesacop. And that's on Saturday. The first one last year I did attend. I will say there are a lot of Mongos. Mongo Nation, that is. His adoring, large, adoring fan base. It was at the Saloon Hotel in Manhattan, Hotel Bar in Manhattan, and it was packed. It was it was supposed to be, I guess it was set up, but there were going to be four different bars that people would go to, and there would be different events at each bar. The first bar at Saloon was insane. It was one of those bar experiences that I really don't like, where you're completely, completely elbow-to-elbow with people, can't move, can't get a drink, you're five people deep. It's not fun. Uh... It was great seeing that many Mongos, people, and just so many people <laughs> celebrating what is Mike Francesa. But after Saloon, it really it lost a lot of its luster. Uh, people didn't seem to go to all the new bars. So um, this weekend, they will be having a second one. And what makes this even more interesting than the last one is it will be attended by the sports pope himself Mike Francesa now I don't know how this is set up I don't know if there is going to be a velvet rope if there's going to be a meet and greet I don't think there can be a meet and greet with that many people imagine being the last person to meet Mike uh, you would not get a very friendly person yeah could you make it out to, to Larry yeah, yeah Fred there you go thanks thanks for uh, uh, have a good day that that's oh, I, I just don't know. I'd like to see how this is going to work. I would hope he at least gets on the microphone and insults all of us and tells us to get lost. That would be great. But it should be interesting. And I have uh, decided that I most likely will attend. Yes, I, I, I can hear the cheering, the applause. Thank you. I will attend. And it will be interesting. Uh, this is one of the dorkiest things I, I, I do. This this borderline. Uh, I don't want to use the word obsession, but this this following of Mike Francesa started a long time ago with the board. Yes, the board. It was MikeFrancesa.com, started by some of the greats, some Jared and Westchester, Ordeo Mongo, aka Umer, and all the other great ones, Southside Junkie, and uh, a couple of quickies, Rounds College for Life, Gator. You know the whole deal. And l- let's just say put it in context if they were signing the independence the founding fathers of Mongo Nation were signing the independence I wasn't there I wasn't in the building but I was like outside the continental Congress, smoking a cigarette I, I was you know aware and moved on to themikefrancesa.com and it's his Mike's popularity this Mongo Nation thing has really taken off with the advent of Twitter 
and it should be a very interesting affair. I would like to see how Mike handles all this. It's kind, I'm not going to lie, it's kind of weird that he would be going as part of Mike's appeal, in my opinion, is his complete lack of... Uh, his lack of... What's, what's the word I'm looking for? His... His lack of interest in anything the audience or callers have to say about him or about anything. His dismissiveness is what makes him who he is. So I would like to see how he's actually going to react because I've heard that he's actually, in reality, is very, very nice to people in person. So this should be interesting to see because I don't, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I'm ready. For a yes, you can hear me typing. I can hear you typing. Answer, please. Answer, please. That's the uh, the football uh, show Mike's doing. The football show. I'm sorry. This is this is a new moment for me typing while doing the podcast. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm in true Francesa form here. I'm just uh, lots of dead air, lots of uh, stalling for time. So bear with me, people. Uh, I would like to see how Mike interacts with everyone because, I, I like I said, I don't know if I'm ready for for a gentle Mike Francesa. I, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> it's something I might not be able to live with. It, it might change my whole uh, view of him. So that should be interesting. Uh, I still cannot... You know what? How about this, Brian? And... Go to your email. You bought a ticket, you jerk. Let's see here. It's this, yeah. At Brian Buck 13, by the way. Uh, let's see. I don't care. It's my podcast. I can do whatever the hell I want. I want to stall for time. I'll stall for time. You don't like it? Complain to me. All right, here. Let's see. Oh my god, come on, man. But, uh, hopefully, I, I, not hopefully, I will have a review of Irving Plaza. Jesus, was that that difficult, Brian? 17 Irving Place, New York, New York. If you're interested on tickets, go the handsome, look up Handsome Wolf in your browser. I'm not going to read the whole website here. Uh, handsome Wolf, or look for, you know, the regular Twitter mangoes, or at Audio Mongo, WFAN Trades. NY Yanks nineteen seventy one. That's Mark Mongo. Uh, get a lot of information there. So, if you want to join Mongo Nation, put in hashtag Mongo Nation, and you'll you'll be slowly accepted. There might be some hazing, but uh, no, we're not like a lot of the other colleges. Well, we're not a college at all. We're not like colleges now. We haven't banned hazing. It's still part of it. I, I'm looking at this thing about Francesa Khan on the. Daily News, and then they just have a shot of Giselle Bunchen barely wearing any clothes. I'm not really sure how that... Is she going to be there? Uh, Amir Khan was there last year. Very odd, but uh, he probably had no idea what the hell was going on. As did anyone. The bartenders there and the, the bouncers were truly confused. All right, I've rambled long enough, everyone. Uh, if you look on iTunes, the show is on iTunes. I know people don't want to waste their data on YouTube videos, and I wouldn't either. If you're at work and you're allowed to do that, hey, more power to you. But 
If you look on iTunes, it should be working. I'm still learning a lot of this technical stuff. So check that out. You should be able to subscribe. If you're having any issues, please yell at me at BrianBuck13. Why can't I get my free podcast? You're a jerk. You're an idiot. Please retire from your podcast. Jump off a bridge. All that. I get it. So next week we'll get into a little more the football for the Super Bowl. We'll do a little more baseball preview. Uh, I know it's early, but baseball is rebirth. It's spring. It's... All right, I've kept you here long enough. Everyone, have a great week. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. www.redtickedblues.com at BrianBuck13. See ya.